if you listen to the last episode, which you might have, I don't know, but uh, like I'm not going to tell you what to do with your life, but you should watch it or listen to listen. it. Don't watch it because there is no video component to this podcast. We had brought up the fact that we like haven't really talked about the movies that we've watched in a while. And again, it's Joe's fault. So <laughs> what we're going to do in this episode is just talk about all the fucking things that we've been watching. And like maybe you yes. haven't seen them and maybe we'll be able to turn you on to some shit that you know you wouldn't have watched. Or maybe you love it and you can fangirl out with us. I will say that my my list goes all the way to July 4th. Today is the 26th. We are recording this on the 26th. So, and this, I feel like this episode probably won't come out for another like two weeks. So if we're a little bit behind, that's why. I'll start since uh, you have also seen this movie. So you can chime in. We can kind of talk about this together. First one on my list is Luca. Cool. Okay. How do you feel about Luca? Not the greatest fan, to be honest. Not the best Pixar movie I've ever seen. Uh, I will say it, it felt just like a very long short film. It, I really didn't find anything substantial in it. Totally. It did feel a little bit plasticky. It felt a little good dinosaur-y. And it's 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 weird seeing this after knowing what they can do with Finding Nemo. And I know that it's not that kind of movie. I think it was tough coming right off of Soul into this movie. Yeah. That was a big jump that I Definitely. that was weird to me. But I will say that something that Pixar is good at is sticking the landing. I thought the ending to this was really, really great. I just didn't really like everything that came before it as much. Uh, but I gave it three and a half. It was it was fine. It was just nothing spectacular in my opinion. I don't even know that I actually wound up reviewing Luca. It just felt okay. I, I totally get the the short film vibe. If this movie was released by another studio, I think I would have felt somewhat different about it. I agree. But again, yeah. knowing what Pixar is known for and seeing this like weird derivation and hearing that the people got upset that they were relegated to Disney Plus. Uh, I mean, like, I understand you work really hard on it, but like, this feels like a Disney Plus movie. This does not feel yeah. like something that I would ever want to go see in the theaters. Yes, it has beautiful animation. And yeah, I mean, the relationship between the two boys is very cute and it's funny and it's it's still uh, a decent animated movie, but it just was nothing special. The animation did not seem up to par with what I had seen in the past from like, I mean, I, I understand it's like a kind of a different style, but, uh, I, yeah, like I give finding them, Nemo. I give, yeah, I give major props to experimenting with animation. I think, I don't think that the animation was my biggest problem with this. There were a lot of story things in this movie that I was not a fan of spoilers ahead. But for example, the backstory that we got with, Alberto was yeah. severely underdeveloped. Like I feel like we got two seconds of that and then it was never brought up or developed at all. And the fact that sudden, like we got no explanation as to why this town was so aggressively against sea monsters and then just changed their minds in three seconds. It just like the story wasn't there for me. I really didn't. I, I, I think Pixar is better than this story wise. Yeah. I don't know. I think part of me, I know it's not like, like he doesn't rip it off in a ton of ways, but there is something about like a sea creature coming up to the land and wanting to live on the land that just feels like, <laughs> okay, Disney, you did this already, you know? And <laughs> I'm not a particularly huge, uh, little mermaid fan either, but you know, it's like, stay away from the thing that you have already done, especially when yeah. it's like one of your most popular things, you know, people <laughs> fucking love the little mermaid. Yeah. 
So moving on though to something that I think we both agree was much, much better was Raya and the Last Dragon. I fucking adore this movie. I think it's I think it's incredible. <laughs> I think it's so fun. The story's complex. It it's it's funny, it's heartbreaking. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I was blown away by how much I really, really enjoyed this film. Mm-hmm. I probably should watch it again. Uh, at the time of watching it, though, I was like, wow, this is like hitting uh, a point where I'm having to think about it tying with Moana and Lilo and Stitch as like my favorite <laughs> animated films. I mean, it yeah. was that good to me. It was great. I, I loved the narrative that we were just finding these uh, what what the hell were they even looking for? They were like the gemstones. Yeah, yeah, like the, the little stones the, or whatever. Yeah, I thought that was a really cool way to push the the story forward. Um, I'm a huge Aquafina fan. She was hysterical in this movie. Talk about amazing animation. I know you're not a huge fan of the dragons. You understand <laughs> why they look like that, and I think for yeah, because they had to look like that because they have to sell toys. I think they did a really damn good job of animating them all together, like at tour, especially at the end. It was really dope. I'm also like blown away by the photorealism of the backdrops. Mm-hmm. It, it's just like such wonderful animation. I don't have a single problem with the animation in this film. <laughs> I'm certainly not supportive of like us just keep trying to push more towards like making everything seem so real. Like I do love some some deviation from from that but this movie it, it didn't even matter to me it was just well just so beautiful the backgrounds can look real and i think that that is like one of the best ways to show how far animation has come yeah, yeah. Uh, but the characters understandably need to look a certain way to fit into marvel i mean marvels <laughs> that is that is uh something else that's on the brain but it also it, it's it's the same kind of thing. Disney has a formula that you have to fit into. And sometimes people think like, oh, you don't take chances with your movies and, and stuff. So, yeah, this isn't as risk-takey as something maybe like Leica would do. But it is another Disney princess that I am obsessed with. <laughs> and it's so well done. She's a complete badass. Mm-hmm. Kelly Marie Tran, who was in Star Wars, and people hated on her so bad. People were so awful to her for her Star Wars role. Bounced back, stayed with Disney, and is now the voice of one of the coolest Disney princesses ever. They need to give her her flowers. Like, <laughs> I cannot wait. I really, I mean, like, I can't wait to see her in the theme parks. I mean, she might yeah. already be. I would love to see. Can you imagine a dragon festival? Oh yeah, uh, at Disney, like at Disneyland or Disney World. Like, I mean, I've never been to either of these two places, so I'd love to like watch it online. Um, <laughs> but I love this world. I love Tuk Tuk or whatever his name is. Is that his name, Tuk Tuk? I think so. The little, the little, the the animal companion. Yeah, for, for I love princess. that he again is um, voiced by. Oh God, what the hell's his name? Alan fucking Tudor. Alan Tudor. He always he's always he playing, does that like, shit, man. Ugh. Good for I mean, good for him. Like that's yeah. damn good for him. I have um I have a like a poster in my room. It's not a post. It's like a framed like art piece or whatever. Because I'm an adult, uh, but it's of K two S O. Like I I think Alan Tudor is so freaking talented. Yeah, he's um, good. I love Hey Hey. <laughs> 
that he does. Those are the ones that are like coming off the top of my head. I know he does like a lot of voices. Uh, I the next one I have is Duel, but we have a whole episode on that that you should listen to. We did it with Joe. Uh, or not. It's just... cool. It's with Joe, so you don't have to. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know how to respond to this. I don't like it. <laughs> I love Joe. Like, I really enjoy Joe. I really enjoy our episodes with Joe. I think he's awesome. I just love giving him shit. <laughs> Uh, I do want to shout this movie out because I've never heard anyone talk about this movie and I don't know if anyone's seen it, but it's The Brothers Bloom. I'll watch this every like blue moon, every every couple of years I'll bring this movie back. I fucking love this movie. Even if I don't understand it still, I think it is such a great movie. It's got Adrian Brody. It's got Rachel Weisz. It's got uh, who the fuck is the Hulk? What's his name? Um, Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. And it's I just realized this watch that it's a Ryan Johnson film. Ryan Johnson made this movie. Are you serious? I am dead serious. Um, and that just, you know, skyrocketed my appreciation for this movie even more. Uh, everyone should watch it. At, I say at least twice. Watch it once and then watch it again. Because uh, <laughs> it's it's so fun. It's, it really, you you'd probably like need to twice, watch it. Like watch it once and then watch it again. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, know, like you twice. To, <laughs> you need to watch it. I think it'll be tough to understand the first time, but the second time around you'll have a real good appreciation for it. So I just wanted to shout that out because I did watch that. And now we can move on to black widow, which I know we both saw together. I feel, Oh, hold on though. I feel like you showed me this movie. Like I don't remember it though. It was a, it was probably like con men. Yeah. They're con artists. It's so fun. I remember liking this movie, but I don't remember it. We need to watch it again. I absolutely will. The only bad thing about this movie is the special effects. I don't know if they were asleep when they were doing it. They're not good at all. Um, what kind of special but, effects are in this movie? So she, Rachel Weisz plays a character that's like, she collects hobbies. So I think there's a, a whole scene where she's juggling things. And for some reason they thought, well, I guess I know the reason why, but they, they animated her throwing and juggling like chainsaws and shit. And they just, they just don't look good at all. And there's some other parts that I was like, God, this is really bad, guys. Why would you do this? But um, luckily, they're just very small parts. But, it's um, so unfortunate that we've – like this is one bad thing about how far we've come in CGI animation and all that. You can watch a movie and, and very easily see, oh, that's really dated. And it's like, man, I wish for some of the movies people would just go back and fix the shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, we're going to re-release it with better uh, special effects. This did come out in 2008, so maybe I should kind of – you know, keep that in mind. But that's not too bad, though. And I like I don't fault them for not letting Rachel Vice <laughs> juggle chainsaws. <laughs> I really want to see this movie again. It's it's a good one. Speaking of Rachel Vice. Oh, yeah. Great segue. Black <laughs> Widow, bitch. Like this movie could have shortcomings and I was just going to be obsessed with it. I don't care. Like I just it, I I've been waiting forever since Iron Man 2 for a Black Widow movie it does not disappoint. Florence Pugh is incredible. Like she, I mean, I I don't know if you guys know what's going to happen going forward, but obviously we'll see her again. And I'm really stoked about that. You know, it's like, it's funny. Like I kind of can watch that whole movie and then forget that like Natasha's dead. You know? <laughs> she sure is. Yeah. I mean, like, but she's dead because she made like a wonderful sacrifice. Like the, the deaths of the characters in Endgame you know, they all had amazing deaths. So I don't feel sour about it. I just was like happy that we were able to get a story with 
Natasha. I think that this movie was probably affected the most by its delay because this movie would have benefited a lot from coming out very close or as close as it possibly could to Endgame just because her passing is still fresh in our minds and we are still in that mode. Now it sort of feels like, why are we going, like the story has progressed. We've we've seen all three of these Marvel shows and now we're going way back in time, back to Civil War. It feels a little weird. I understand that like people are mm-hmm. capable of realizing that like this is a prequel. This is not pushing the story forward as much as a movie centered around a character that is still living. Um, <laughs> but it still introduces a lot of cool people that didn't die. And I'm really pumped to see more of them. For sure. So the next one I watched was Fear Street 1994. You were at work okay. and I watched have it. You, have you watched all of these yet? No. Uh, oh, I watched okay. – I'm actually going to watch the third one with Mal tomorrow night. Uh, so you, you've watched both of them? you watched so two of the them? The second one I've seen about halfway through. And I really liked it. I thought it was cool. The first one was good enough to make me want to watch the rest of them. But the thing is, is that they keep going farther and farther back in time. It's like the first one's 90s horror. The second one is like 70s, 80s kind of like camp horror. And then the third one. 1666, right? 1666. So I'm like, wow, y'all are just going farther and farther (laughs) away from what I like. Like So – I listened to the girls' newest episode, and in their intro, they talked, or Courtney, I guess, talked at length about these. And I guess she said that she liked them and was curious to see how they'd hold up watching them in chronological order. I think she compared them to like the Star Wars movies, where it's like uh, you like it's not really clear on what order you should watch them in. But I've heard so many people talk about these three. Are they movies or are they shows? Like, I don't, would I like them? There's three like feature length films. They're like, I think they're like 90 minutes long. They were released, you know, week to week to week, three weeks in a row. Very cool idea. Very cool event. I think they were written and directed by the same person all the way through. Um, Would I like, I really like the concept of that. I think that the first one, the one that I really saw all the way through was a bit tropey. But I think maybe that was Ugh. like the point because okay. a, a movie that's like going back in time and, and uh, commenting on 90s horror and then commenting on like 70s and 80s horror and that – you know what I mean? Yeah. I, although I don't know. There's no – there weren't horror movies released in 1666. So <laughs> I'm not exactly sure where we're going. I understand that there's like a witch involved or something. I don't yeah. know. According to Courtney, if I remember correctly, she said that the first one was her least favorite. So really, ho- hopefully they just get better from here. I, I would assume that they just get wow. better from the first yeah. one. So. so what's what's cool is the first one has Maya Hawk in it and the second one has Sadie Sink in it from Stranger Things. So it's two girls from Stranger Things that I really like. Oh, neat. Wow. Three, three movies, like two sequels released in in like three weeks. That's. An interesting way to market movies. I don't know. I, I like that a lot. Would I like them? I, as someone who's not a fan of like slashers or tropey things, I can't no. see myself enjoying these. No. Okay. You wouldn't. I don't okay. think you would. I really Alrighty. don't. I mean, this is something that I think – like I'm watching them with Mal and I think she's a good person to watch it with because we watched a lot. We like grew up together watching a lot of like the slashers and things like that and she can appreciate it. A lot, and she's not as um, much of a fucking asshole as you are. That's fair. That's fair. Got it. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, Okay, so moving on. My next movie is A Quiet Place Part 2. Part 2. 
You saw that. I did. Yeah, because it's on Paramount Plus. I didn't realize that you watched it. How was it? Um, <laughs> it is so good. I give it a five stars. Like I, I'm probably, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like I'm probably, I just probably get excited and just give things five stars <laughs> when I want to. Um, so my I with the intention of watching the second one in theaters. I think it's too late now, but I did. I watched A Quiet Place, the first one, and for I, I think the first time I watched it, I I don't know why I was so against it. I don't remember thinking so highly of it but this rewatch i was like this is fucking incredible this is so well done it's so good john krasinski he did it again john krasinski is obviously not really and i mean he's in a part of it because there is like a part that shows you the time leading up to when they all have to be quiet but the main male protagonist is actually killian murphy oh my god (laughs) the things that happen to them in this movie are so good and Emily Blunt's role, I think, is a little bit smaller because she's not on the main adventure. It's very much um, Millicent Simmons's movie. They get separated? What? Yeah, she's Millicent Simmons is the star of this film. She and Noah Jupe were like two of my favorite parts of, yeah. of the first one. They're fucking incredible. Oh, Noah Jupe acts his ass off in this movie. He did in the first one, too. Oh, yeah. my God. He's in, he's so fucking good. Yeah, I cannot wait really to see good. him grow up and just fucking kill it out there. I am so excited yeah. for that kid. I watched it on Paramount Plus because I knew I didn't really want to go see it in a theater. I don't know if you, I've, you guys have heard, but the last time I saw A Quiet Place in a theater, there was a siren going off like the whole <laughs> movie. And it turns out somebody died in the mall. But like, uh, <laughs> That's not funny. I don't know why I'm laughing. I'm no, sorry. yeah, but like the thing is, is that I don't want to go in there and I'm already like super sensitive to people like talking and whispering yeah. and things like that. It like already bothers me. So if everybody has to be silent and I know nobody's going to be silent, I, it's just not really a theater experience for me. That makes sense. You can you can control your environment here. Yes. Yeah. I love yeah. a controlled environment, especially for horror movies. Um my, my review on this was I would be so dead. There's no way in hell. There was a, no, I am one of the loudest people. I walk loud. Like I'll tiptoe and I'm still loud. Uh, <laughs> the thing I thought of when I was watching the first one over, I was like, if it's springtime, I'm dead. I'm constantly sneezing. I wouldn't be able to, to fix yeah. that or anything. Like I'd be dead. I'd be dead. You're absolutely right. <laughs> yep. I can relate. Um, so the next few that I have are, uh, I went to the movies with your cousin to celebrate your cousin's boyfriend's birthday. Shout out Matt and Justin. Yeah. We saw the second escape room movie and I was so torn about this because I wanted my first movie back from COVID to be like, I wanted it to be a very special movie. And I was really hesitant about this one because I didn't have high hopes. I really didn't think it was going to be good. It wasn't good. However, it was a blast. I will watch a million of these movies. I hope they just keep coming out with new ones because they're they're so fun to watch. Have you seen the first? Did we watch the first one together? No. So you were at work. We watched the first one, Justin and I. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> and my sister, Mallory, watched the first one together before we did the first, or the, it was the second escape room I had ever done, but it's the first one at Escape Ten, which is where you work. Oh, nice. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very cool. Yeah. It, like, it wasn't anything profound, but it was just like the, the puzzles and some of the torture devices that they have. They're just fun. They're really, really fun movies. 
so yeah, that was that was a, a great time. So thank you, Matt and Justin, for including me. Um, yeah, that's and, awesome. I really want to see that second one because I remember the first one's production design was just incredible. It was on another level. Yeah, this one does not disappoint either. It 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 just takes it up the next notch. It's really great. Awesome. I remember um, the first one. There's my favorite character in that first one dies, and that really that really took me down a notch for it. But <laughs> other than that, it was a fantastic movie. So I think you'll really like the second one. Nice. Um, now. That same night, we were waiting for the birthday boy to get ready. I think he was like in the shower getting ready or something. And we just put on a movie and it was Double Jeopardy. I don't know why this movie was picked, but uh, we just put it on. Uh, We only got to watch like the first 20 minutes of it. And I was kind of hooked and I was like, all right, I got to go home and watch this. So I guess the next day I did watch it. It was fine. It like it was a it was a fun movie. I don't really have much to say about it. Uh, I think in my review, the funniest part of this was the planet sized pot she was using for tapioca. <laughs> if you rewatch this movie when she's in prison stirring this big vat of tapioca for their big Christmas dinner, it's too big and it's fucking hysterical. That is such an interesting thing that you latched on to. I remember I, reading that review and being like, okay i I don't remember that understandably i really don't remember much about double jeopardy i know i watched it when i was like a teenager and i liked it so but that's fun good i'm glad you liked it it was a good like 90s movie i liked it yeah exactly speaking of good 90s movies uh quite possibly the greatest 90s movie ever made sister act 2 back in the habit is when i watched uh, we were all at my aunt's house, and while you were off with the boys watching the Escape Room movie, we were at my aunt's house watching this movie. And Sister Act 2 is incredible. It has amazing music in it. I love the storyline. It just makes me feel good. This movie just makes me feel good. Like the ending, I could watch a hundred times. When I'm sad, I go online and Google uh, Oh Happy Day, that section of the movie. Is that the second one? Yeah. I thought that was the first one. No, the the second one is better than the first one. Interesting. The second maybe, one has Lauren Hill in it. The second one has got the performance at the end when they do Joyful, Joyful. Wow. I would get the words Joyful, Joyful tattooed on me. That's how much I fucking <laughs> adore this film. It's great. My Okay, my I will read my review. Um, it, it literally says the closest I've ever got to feeling God in cinema. <laughs> it is. Like I legit, uh, I mean, I find God in other aspects of life. However, the Lord fills me when I watch this film. He fills me up with joyfulness. I see. I uh, was just about to say that I don't think I've ever seen the second one. And I'm realizing I think I've only seen the second one. That's what we did to Shay too. Really? Y'all don't know who Shay is. Uh, (laughs) Shay is one of my cousins. But uh, she had never seen the first one, and it was just like, doesn't matter. <laughs> just just accept wow. it. And I feel like I've only seen the second one, in, or this one that we're talking about, in bits and pieces. I don't, I'm don't. i not sure I've seen it all the way through, but I should do that. Um, totally. Yeah, I should. Totally. Awesome. That same night, <laughs> this is really funny. Okay, so we watched Space Jam A New Legacy, and we're so turned off by it and so bored <laughs> I know because like the amazing like universe jumping where they go to Harry Potter and and they go to Game of Thrones and all that stuff and they go to all the different movies is literally like for about two minutes they jump through them so quickly and then it's it's really boring 
so Hank and I decided to – Hank is my brother-in-law, Mallory's husband, and we decided to watch the first one. The first one is still really good. I thought the first one was going to be cheesy as hell. I really enjoyed that movie. It has been decades since I've seen that movie. It's been a very long time. Rewatch it. Like, it's not as, like, it's silly because it's like a family movie, but it is actually good. Hmm. I really enjoyed the old Space Jam, not so much the new one. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'll go next. Uh, I watched The Platform. On Netflix, it's been on my watch list for a very long time. I don't really have much to say about it. It was a fine movie. I there wasn't a lot that's going to stick with me. I can't really recommend it. Like if you want to watch it, sure. Didn't it have something to say about society? Yeah, but it didn't really bring anything that I didn't already know. Like I agreed with it all. It didn't really open my eyes to anything. I was like, yeah, this just makes sense. <laughs> like this is this is how it is. So basically, you could just you could just tell me the idea that it presents, and that would be enough. Pretty much. I mean, gotcha. you should. It's it's an interesting movie. Like things are surprising in the movie. There are a lot of times when I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, what's gonna happen? And but it, I don't know. Compared to some of these other monstrous movies that I've seen, it it was just okay. It was fine. I do think it probably has turned some people off the fact that it is. Is it Spanish? I think that's the language. I watched it dubbed, which is probably the wrong thing. I just I kind of wanted it to be in the background, so I I I understand. I didn't yeah, have the time see, to like read subtitles, but. I'm not a fan of dubbing just because like I I don't always feel like the care is taken and you don't have the same quality of actors dubbing them as you do actually presenting the performance. But uh, I understand like wanting to be able to sort of do other things and not have to read the entire film. The more I think about it, though, I'm I'm like remembering scenes that have happened in that movie. I actually think that you would really enjoy it. There are some really shocking moments in it, some kind of gory moments as well. I've heard uh, like I really I I like the concept and it definitely yeah. feels like an allegory and I <laughs> I like movies like that so I, I say give it a shot I I think cool. you enjoy it I know what's next I think what's next is it the movie that I've been trying to get you to um, watch with me for like since we met yes no not not since we met but like for a very long time pretty much yeah there are going to be spoilers about this movie it's Gerald's game so if you haven't seen it maybe skip ahead a little bit. The experience that I went through for this movie, I am a Stephen King fan. That is no secret, but I, I would, I always love to read the books before I watch the movies or adaptations. It took me a while to get through this book. And there were times when just purely out of curiosity, maybe I'd be halfway through the book. So I'd watch like halfway through the movie just to kind of get a sense for the environment and see how well Mr. Flanagan did with this. And the Shadow Man was never really revealed. Like his reveal didn't come until the very end. I think they call him Moonlight Man in this movie. Yeah, they call him Space Cowboy in the book or something. Yeah. It's it's strange, but you all know who I'm talking about. Up until the very end of reading that book, I didn't realize that he was a real person. And it, I went through this weird transition where I like he wasn't as scary because he kind of seemed like a ghost or a demon or something, something that wasn't like really real. Yeah. But then reading the last few chapters of the book, I'm like, holy shit, this is a serial killer. This is a psychotic monster that is actually in her house. And so finishing that movie, knowing what's going on and knowing that that is a real person blew my absolute fucking mind. It was one of the scariest things I have ever seen And it was just, and the way that Mike Flanagan did this and the way that he constructed this book and adapted it, I am so beyond pleased with it. I loved this movie 
so fucking much. And I'm so sorry it took me this long to watch it, but I am so glad that I was able to watch it with you. I was horrified. I was absolutely horrified and blown away all at the same time. That was an incredible movie. I think I went from really, really, really wanting you to watch it to worrying that I had talked it up too much because it's my favorite (laughs) Stephen King adaptation. But then when you were watching it and you were digging it as much as I have on my like fifth or sixth watch, that made me so happy. I think I am genuinely more happy about the fact that you love this movie than I am about the actual film. Like it makes me really, really happy that you finally watched it and you really liked it and it's really cool. I loved it so much. It is my second favorite Stephen King book for sure. The first being Pet Cemetery. I don't think many could beat that one, but this one, it's just like as soon as that, as soon as he became real, yeah, it's it shifted the entire. It's suddenly like like a ghost. Uh, ghost stories are fun. They're they're kind of fun. Like demon stories, sure they're scary. This was horrifying. Yeah. Um. So bravo to to both of those men who created this. I loved it. I love the parallels that you get between the different ways that she's in bondage kept by these men in her life. Yeah, yeah. I think that the ending, the the note that she writes to her younger self. This letter should hurt to write. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. It is oh like, I, sometimes like I think that when you finish a movie by just summing it all up in like a narration or a, a voiceover, like that's kind of sometimes cheap. This did not feel cheap. No. This genuinely felt like this character was finally getting peace after you've seen her do some horrific things to get out of a horrific situation. Yep. Oh, and the and the gore of it. I just like it was hard to read in the book and even harder to watch on screen. Like I was not expecting it to be that graphic, but they went all the way and did not disappoint whatsoever. Yeah. Oh, I remember when the the first time I saw that and just being completely like blown away at yeah. how gross it was and it grossed me out and I am so <laughs> hard to gross out. I have watched so many horror movies. When people say like, "Oh, that's torture porn." I watch those movies all the time. I'm a huge fan of that kind of shit. And that real it looked so real and it yeah. you could definitely you could feel it because you Ugh. were so attached to her by that point. And um, I love that he has like a little troop of actors that kind of follow him and are in his movies, like yeah. his wife and Carlo Gugino and Henry Thomas. And um, I, it just makes me happy that they all had roles in this. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 oh. The fact that it is literally tied to Dolores Claiborne. Yeah. Which <laughs> I've read Dolores Claiborne. I didn't I, – I am reading Gerald's Game but just very, very slowly. But I've read Dolores Claiborne. These books were originally going to be – uh, released together and it was going to be called like in the path of the eclipse or something like that and the fact that they are related and have things separate that, but related yeah yeah that have things that relate to each other makes me very 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 happy that movie was was my favorite stephen king adaptation and now <laughs> is my second favorite nice nice uh, I watched Freaky. Freaky came out. Um, I think it's on – that might be on Hulu. It's on some sort of streaming service now. Uh, and that is the – I think his name is Christopher Landon. He directed Happy Death Day. Oh. Oh, it's where they swap. It's where they flip yeah, bodies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's funny because Happy Death Day feels like 
like a callback to um, Groundhog Day. And this movie feels like a callback to Freaky Friday. And Freaky Friday. Got it. Got it. I thought that was interesting. Um, it's cute. I enjoyed it. I think that both actors did a really good job portraying each other. Yeah. I mean, it was like just like a fun, silly slasher movie that I think it's probably not as good or enjoyable as Happy Death Day. But Happy Death Day is now farther down in my book because of Happy Death Day 2. Oh, no. <laughs> I really hate that movie. So. Ah, I see. Hopefully this movie doesn't have like a shitty sequel. It probably will. But it, <laughs> it was good. I liked it. I enjoyed it. And then I have one of my favorite comedians ever. Uh, her name is Tig Notaro. And I love Tig she, Notaro. Oh, yes, she's fabulous. She's so hysterical. Like, it's not like jokes. She just tells stories. But uh, she has a special, and I, it's on HBO Max. And it is called Drawn. And she basically is in a theater, but she's a cartoon. And she's just telling these stories. And they're all animated. You've seen like on Comedy Central, sometimes they'll like crudely animate people's uh, people's comedy sketches that they do. Vaguely, yeah. Have you seen that? Okay, well, they pay a lot more attention to detail in this movie. Basically, she tells like, I don't know, probably like five or six stories. And they're all animated in different styles of animation. Oh, fun. And okay. it's... They're all really beautiful. All the stories are really funny. Um, the ending had me howling. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. Yeah, it's just really, really good. How fun. I'll have to add that to my list. That sounds yeah. awesome. And it's like 52 minutes long. Short. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Even better. But like, don't have it on in the background. Like, it is funny enough to just listen to in the background. She doesn't need the animation, but it's there for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Like watch the actual film, I think, is it's worth it. Nice. I hate that we have to end this episode on this movie, but alas, we must. You know, I got to tell you, the more I think about this movie and the more I am distanced from it, the more I like it. Weirdo. I know. Tell me more. <laughs> okay, so it's old. I don't think that the acting from some characters is particularly good. The The dialogue is obviously very Shemelanian, mm -hmm. uh, which just means bad dialogue. <laughs> uh, it's such a compelling through line. Uh, if you haven't, I guess just stop listening to the episode. If you have, yeah, we're going to, we're going to spoil, yeah, gonna spoil all of this. Um, or if you don't care, but like basically the way that it ends, the callbacks to the beginning of like kids asking all the the people their names and occupations, mm -hmm. he would know that that guy was a cop and could give that book to the cop. I really liked the ending. I liked the fact that they were testing pharmaceuticals. I thought that was really interesting. That was clever. I think I heard Grace Randolph, who is my favorite entertainment journalist of all time, say something like, you know, you have to get approval by the FDA, so you'd have to show your work. But still, like... <laughs> You know, like the idea is good enough. I rated this a one and a half star and I I can't really find any more redeeming qualities about it the more I distance myself from it. My problem is sometimes M. Night is so good at creating environments to seem like what's happening is is natural. And then you have movies like this one and like The Happening where every single point of dialogue is exposition. For example, when you said he was asking names and occupations, when they were taking the orders from the, the woman with the calcium deficiency, it seemed like every single thing that he was trying to say in the script 
felt like, oh, well, this is going to get referenced later. Like, I need to hold on to this. It was, the movie was just that for me. There was like nothing else to it. Every single point of dialogue was like, all right, well, this is, clearly this is building to something bigger. And it, it didn't give enough time for me to get comfortable with any of the characters or really sit and like try and figure out what's happening. It's just like every single thing was exposition. And I didn't like that at all. And I also thought the acting was really bad. I really didn't yeah. like the acting in this. Like, I don't know. This movie got a hell of a lot better when uh, Thomas and McKenzie and Alex Wolf entered the picture. Yeah. They were amazing. And then, I did like them. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, God. The teacher from that you love. The teacher from <laughs> Matilda. What's M. Beth Davids. Yeah. M. Beth Davids. It was like, I know she has a weird name. She's my favorite. And she came out of left field. I wasn't expecting her. That was a really fun twist for me as well. Yeah, yeah. uh, Like those are good. But like when your main characters, it's – I don't want to – I don't mean to like this to be offensive. The dialect sometimes um, with these characters that have accents, uh, I couldn't tell if it was just like how the person with that accent would say those lines or if they were truly like just a terrible actor with no – I get that screen presence because they were they felt like robots the main the two the mom and the dad felt like robots i did not care about their story at all because they legit could not act and i will say that it was that aspect was a little bit distracting but if that were the only case in this movie i would have been like okay like it's i i could have lived with it i i could have like looked past it but the guy from dexter and uh the guy from salt what's his name i don't remember his name the what was his alien? Oh, I know who you're talking about. I yeah, the, he was I, the woman. The guy the woman that like, with tries to swim. Yeah, the woman with seizures. It was her husband. He was awful too. And his I've name seen was Detective him. Singh and Saul. Yeah, I've seen him in other things. I didn't think he was that bad. Oh my god, he was like one of the worst. I couldn't stand him. I don't know. It's just again, M Night is, is hit or miss, and we've talked about this. Where like I will probably watch every movie that this man produces, yeah. but I'm not going to go in with high expectations every time. Sometimes they're winners, sometimes they're not. This one was a, a big loss for me. This didn't hurt as bad as Glass did. Glass, in my wow, opinion, really? was the most offensive movie <laughs> he has ever made. Holy because shit! Because he had he had something so great. He had set up something so incredible and to just waste it was horrible. Damn. There are other movies that are so bad in his filmography that I don't care. I'm a lady in the water apologist. (laughs) I hate The Happening and I hate After Earth and I hate The Last Airbender. But that movie really hurt my feelings. This movie, I can't stop thinking about it. And I watched it a couple days ago. I saw Stacy was like, hey, do you want to go see a movie? And we that was like my first movie back with anyone. I saw Spiral by myself, but I might as well just been by myself because there was no one in the theater. But I actually like went to like a sit down movie theater uh, where we got served food and it was a really nice time. I hadn't seen Stacy in like a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. It was just a really, really nice evening. And I think that puts me in a better <laughs> mindset about it. That's fair. That's fair. You know? Like the experience of watching the film can, re- I think, hurt your perception of it. I get that. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I was in a nice-ish movie. Th- I say nice, like the environment. No one was really talking or anything, which was good. But did you have uh, chicken tenders? Did you have cinema chicken tenders or Lord of the Onion Rings? 
I told Stacy, I was like, you're about to see something because your homeboy has not eaten all day. So I'm getting <laughs> Lord of the Onion Rings, Mary Poppins corn. Uh, I didn't get a margarita, uh, even though Stacy drove. I, I just – I didn't get a margarita. I don't know why I did, but I probably like spent like $30 on food in there because like if you're going to go, you got to eat. Mm-hmm. Um that is something that uh, I've had some other friends reach out about this movie. And I'm like, you really don't need the theater for this one. This one, y- it can wait for when it's free. I-, I don't really think that a theater experience for this movie would enhance it at all. But You know what I would love is uh, to watch this movie again with you um, when you make me some HelloFresh trout. <laughs> Sponsored. Oh, my God. Okay, so Jordan makes HelloFresh. I mean, we, d- we are not sponsored by anybody. But uh, – if anybody from HelloFresh wants to send us some cool HelloFresh stuff, Daniel got you hooked on that, right? Yeah, that was really – he was like, hey, I have some free boxes. Do you want one? I was like, yeah, I'll give it a try. And I've not been able to stop since. They're great, actually. I love he offered them. me the same thing and I never used them and I feel awful. But um, <laughs> I don't think I don't think it actually earns him any rewards. I think it was oh, – okay. so like don't feel bad. I could that be was, wrong. But, but it was very good. nice of him to offer. Uh, Daniel, yes. you're Thank you, Daniel. amazing. Thank you very much. Uh, but – Jordan is a very good cook and he cooked me some trout one night and I think that was when we were watching Black Widow. That sounds right, yeah. Oh my yeah. god, it was so good. It was great. It was great. Okay. Um I mean I, I think I'm up to where I'm I'm done. I am too. I'm I kind of want to watch a movie tonight maybe. I'm not sure though. What should you watch? What What are you going to watch? So I asked you this earlier. I have had The Ring and 28 Days Later. I've not seen any of those movies uh, on my list for a while. And I wasn't sure if you wanted to watch any of those with me or not. But I think those might be next. If not tonight, then at some point this week. Those are two interesting films. Um, the Ring is good. I think the ending is pretty dope. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of The Ring. Oh, and I've also seen Ringu. That's why, because Ringu is awesome. <laughs> is it better than yes. The Ring? Should I watch that instead? Yes. I've just never seen it, and I feel like that's uh, way past due. I feel like I should have seen that. Yeah, it's like a staple yeah. horror movie. Ooh, and Daniel and I think Courtney, it would make sense that it was Courtney, both logged The Thing the 1982 one, and that one has been on my list also because I want to watch that and the remake. I want to watch that with you. Okay, then I'll, I'll save that. Save that. Because that is a great movie, and that is a John Carpenter movie. Who's he? 